Let's get our Bibles, go to Genesis chapter 41. We're going to look at this. We looked at this last, uh, about two weeks ago, but I wanted to go over a couple more things in Genesis chapter 41. So if you've got your papers out, um, you'll, you'll see that I've got, we've got this where you can fill in the blanks and kind of get to know this a little bit more. This is actually the part where we want to study where Joseph tells him the dream. We've already got that, but we're going to get to the last part where he tells him what to do and who to use to take care of this for the, for the country of Egypt. It's interesting when you study it. Let's go ahead and go to Genesis chapter 41. We're going to read verses 25, and we're going to go all the way to verse number 32. And you'll see this whole thing come out, out in the open. It says, And Joseph said unto Pharaoh, The dream of Pharaoh is one. God hath showed Pharaoh what he is about to do. And seven good kind are seven years, and seven good ears are seven years. The dream is one. And the seven thin and ill-favored kind that came up after them are seven years, and seven empty ears blasted with the east wind shall be seven years of famine. Then it says, This is the one thing which I have spoken unto Pharaoh. What God is about to do, he showeth unto Pharaoh. Behold, there come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt. And there, was, and there shall arise after from seven years of famine, and all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and famine shall consume the land. And the plenty shall not be known into the land by reason of the famine following, for it shall be very grievous. If you understand verse number 31, he's saying that they're going to have seven years of great, great prosperity, but the seven years of famine is going to be so devastating that they're not going to remember the seven years. One of the things that's going to make them remember is that they have the food and no one else has the food. But it's going to be so bad, we've not ever seen that. We, we, in America, we'll say we're hungry. What does that mean? We're about an hour, we've, we've got about an hour left before we're going to starve. You ever heard kids say that? Man, I'm going to starve. That means it's right before dinner, right before lunch is what it means. But here, it was so bad, it was devastating thing. It says it was grievous. And then it says in verse number 32, And for that the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice. It is because the thing is established by God, and God will shortly bring it to pass. So let's look at this, and let's pray, and we'll get right into it. Lord, I thank you for a man that you tested that we can look at and, be an ex and have an example for us of what you have for us to go through and for what the testing that you give us. It's not as hard as what Joseph went through. But Lord, may we understand that you have something for us in these testing times. Joseph was definitely a man tested. And Joseph was a man that you tested. Lord, when we go through these tests, let us see what we need to see. But Lord, as he goes through this, it's interesting to see the perspective of what Joseph does. His attitude, even when he's talking to Pharaoh, what his attitude should be. And Lord, may we have that same attitude that he had. Bless this time we have together. Let us get something from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Up to this point, Joseph has had 13 years of very bad things. If you were to look at his life at this point, you'd say, really, there's nothing going on good. The only thing he's got is he's got that he's talking to the man in charge of Egypt. And as I look at this, it's probably, I think Joseph's perspective was this. I don't think Joseph ever thought when he got out, and he was going to tell Joseph, he was going to tell Pharaoh everything. I think he was just hoping that he would get out of prison. I think that's what it was. And he goes and he talks to the man that's in charge of the great country of Egypt. And so when we look at this, notice that God is referenced four times in this passage. 
I left that word out. I know you know what it is. Go to, and it says in verse number 25, it says, And Joseph said unto Pharaoh, The dream of Pharaoh is one. Now look, watch this. God hath showed Pharaoh what he is about to do. It's interesting that he brings God back to it. Now he's talking to the man that's in charge of this country. And there's no doubt when he goes in and sees him that you can tell that this man's worth a lot of money. In fact, we, we, we talked about this last time. Before he went even to see him, they had to get him cleaned up, washed up, dressed right, and go to see the king. They weren't going to bring him in the way he looked like when he was in, in jail. And so he goes and he talks, and you can almost probably, as, as I would say, you could almost see money dripping off this guy. You could see wealth dripping off this guy, and you could see that he was in control. Everybody in that room had eyes on him. They weren't looking anywhere else. And so he walks in, and, and when he gets in there, he points, he points Pharaoh back to his God. Now, let me ask you a very simple question. Did Pharaoh, was Pharaoh a person that worshipped the Hebrew God? No, he wasn't. But for four times, he brings God into it. It says in verse number 28, This is the thing which I have spoken unto Pharaoh. What God is about to do, to, to do he showeth. Unto Pharaoh, verse number 32. And for that the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice. It is because the thing is established by God and God will shortly bring it to pass. He again brings his God into a man that doesn't even believe in his God. Now let's look at some things with it. What did Pharaoh know about Joseph? Um, he didn't know much. But I could tell you some of the references um, with this, here's what we do know about it. What did Pharaoh know about Joseph? Number one, he knew his name. He knew his name. He also knew his ancestry. He knew where he was from. He was a Hebrew boy. He also knew his residency. He knew where he came from. He knew that he had came from jail. And the fourth thing that he knew, he knew the job for Pharaoh. He was the interpreter for Pharaoh. You say, why is that so important? Because if you study this out in any sense of the mean, and you look at what, they, what he knows about Joseph, Pharaoh knows his name, where he's from, where he came from, and that he interpreted a dream. That's not a very good resume for the highest person in the country of Egypt. To think, you know what, I think I want to hire you. Would you hire somebody if you just knew their name, where they were from? Wouldn't that scare you? Now watch this. He's not hiring him to work at Pals. He's not hiring him to work at Chick-fil-A. He's hiring him to be in charge of the country. That's all he knows about it. No matter which way you look at this, it does not make sense that Pharaoh would choose him. But there's one element you've got to think about. It wasn't Pharaoh's choice. Remember the thing that we just talked about Joseph brought in to Pharaoh? It wasn't Pharaoh choosing him. It was God telling Pharaoh to choose him. It was all about God. And you know, sometimes we, how many of you ever had a bad day? How many of you had a bad day just recently? Amen. All right. How many of you ever had a bad week? How many of you had a bad year? How about a decade? Amen. Amen. We don't have as many bad days. Think about his life for the last 13 years. Wendell, I think about this. He was, the last time he saw his brothers, they wanted to kill him. They sold him to somebody thinking they'd never see him again. 
Then he gets bought by somebody. And Bernard, as I think about that, can you imagine you being from a wealthy family, sold from, with your brothers, and now you're being bought as they would buy a, a piece of livestock. Potiphar buys him, everything goes well, and he feels like he's doing everything, does nothing wrong, and what happens? He gets kicked into jail. I mean, you think about his life, one thing after another. And then he goes in there, he, inter- he, he rises up when he's in jail, and he, he interprets his dreams, and then, then he interprets Pharaoh's dream. He's just probably thinking, I wish I could just get out of jail. Could I just get a break? You ever been there? And, and as you study this, this is all that Pharaoh knows about him. He knows where he's from, knows his name, knows where he came from. And that was probably not the pool that you would go to recruit somebody. How many of you are in charge of somebody, ever been in charge of hiring somebody? Raise your hand. You ever went down the county jail and hired someone that you don't even like their ethnic background? Because that's what he's about ready to do. We read this story and go, yeah, we know that he hired him. We know know that he's going to do this. But that's all that they knew. And the only thing that they knew about his work ethic is that he could interpret a dream. But there's a little bit more to it when you look at the next aspect of it. Because he interprets a dream and instantly Joseph does something that sometimes we overlook. See, he... He's about ready to give Pharaoh the basic plan of what needs to happen. See, these other guys, they couldn't even interpret the dream. And again, I don't think Joseph said, okay, this is what you need to do so you can hire me. Watch what he does. Let's follow along in verse number 33. He says this. It says in in verse number 32, it says, And for that dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice. It is because the thing is established by God, and God will shortly bring it to pass. Now therefore let Pharaoh look out a man, look out for a man discreet and wise, and see him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this, and let him appoint officers over the land, and take up the fifth part of the land of Egypt in the seven plenteous years. And let them gather all the food of those good years that come and lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh and let them keep food in the cities and the food shall be for store to the land against the seven years of famine, which shall be the land of Egypt, that the land perish not throughout the fam- through the famine. So here's a, here's a little plan. Find a man, find officers, take up a fifth part, and then under the hand of Pharaoh. I like that they say that, like that that's said, because basically what he's saying is he's saying that who's ever in charge is not really in charge. Pharaoh's the one that's in charge. That's why he's saying that, under the hand of Pharaoh. In other words, nothing can be done unless Pharaoh does it. And the, and the last one is this. It would be salvation to the people of Egypt. So he sets up this plan right, right, right in front of him. And then he just sits back and watches. And, I, and again, notice in verse in chapter 41, notice that God is referenced two times in this passage. And the, the word you need to put in there, it says in verse number 38, it says, And the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all of his servants. And Pharaoh said, now this is unbelievable. Pharaoh said, it says, Pharaoh said unto his servants, Can we find such as one as, as this is, a man in whom the Spirit of God is? 
See, this dream had got him all consumed. He didn't understand it, and God didn't let him rest. He needed to have the interpretation, so he brings in his guys. They can't do it. Then all of a sudden, one guy says, listen, there's a guy that's in jail that interpreted my dream and another man's dream. He got it right. Let's bring him in charge, bring him up here. And they bring him in here, and Pharaoh's still sitting there, and he's so discouraged about this dream that God won't let him rest. And so Pharaoh, Pharaoh brings in, and there's this young man, 30 years old. And he comes in, they wash him up, they bring him in front, and he keeps referring to this God that's showing him. And then the question is asked, can we find such a one as this is, a man in whom the Spirit of God is? He is referencing back to what Joseph has said. He, Joseph has said, God has done this, God has done this, and he says, listen, I need someone that God is in this with. And the only one in the land of Egypt that he could think of is one person. It's the person that he is talking to. He did not go over his resume. He did not say, okay, what do you, what do you, what do you want? What, what can I give you? What kind of insurance can you have? He didn't go all the way through that. He said, okay, there, we've got to find a man just like this. And look at this next verse. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, for as much as God has showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. It's interesting. We'll look at those two words that he uses. That's the words that were said in the beginning. But the, the two things we're, we're going to look at in just a second, it's amazing how, jo, how um, Pharaoh sees this with Joseph. So here we have this situation where he goes in, he says, listen, you're the one. You're the one. And he comes back, he says, for as much as God has showed thee, but remember what he said when he was talking to him, he said, God is showing you. It was the same God. He's bringing God back in this, and he's going to Joseph, and it's also giving, God, giving Joseph the right of way to still worship his God. Now, if you know anything about Egypt, they have a lot of false gods. One of their main gods is the sun. But they have a lot of false gods. And this God that Joseph's talking about is totally new to this Pharaoh. But can I say this? Seven years later, his testimony is going to be great in Pharaoh's eyes. I've got this written in my Bible that there's three things that God, God gave um, Joseph. He had God's favor in verse number 39. He had God's wisdom in verse number 39. And then in verse number 40, he had God's provision. It's not in your notes, but as I was thinking about that, isn't it great to have God's favor? Think about that. Now when I say that, you got to look at his last 13 years. There's probably times in his life and he's probably thinking, what's going to happen? What's going to happen with this situation with me? But every step got him closer to Pharaoh. You understand that? He was sold so that he could be tossed into jail meet somebody in jail that knew Pharaoh and that was going to bring it full circle with him. We don't know why things happen in our life. Have you ever been blessed by someone that's wicked? I, I, I've been blessed by someone that was not a religious person. 
was not a spiritual person. You ever been there? I'm almost shocked when people treat people nice. Holding the door for people. I bought something from Kmart. Went to pick it up today. And they had sold it after I bought it. Bobby's going to go help me pick it up. I've, I've been telling Bobby, hey, I need you to help me pick this up. And this lady was obstinate about everything and she was mad about everything and she was mad at me for buying something they sold. But I determined Denver right off the bat that I was going to be kind to her. And I, it was hard. I, I remember walking, I, I walked through that Kmart to pick this thing up and I was like, it was right there last time I saw it. When I got down, they had to reimburse me for it. And I know what she thought because she thought I was going to be just like her. She thought I was going to be mad at her for what. And I, and I said, ma'am, I thank you for, for doing this for me. And I had to wait 30 minutes. I said, I thank you for doing this for me. I hope you have a wonderful day. That is the last. And I, I meant that sincerely. Peter, you're looking at me like I didn't mean it. I, I meant that sincere, sincerely. And when I walked out, I remember, remember her going, oh, okay, you have a good day too. Because sometimes bad things happen to us and weird things happen to us. And it's all the way we respond to people. If I would have responded the same way she was responding to me, do you think she'd think I was a Christian? Probably not. But see, I'd already given her a track way before when. And that's not the only reason I did it, Peter. <laughs> but you know, you, you, you just see how people react to you and you want to react the same way. And it was nothing that I had done. It was everything that they had done. So how are you gonna, what are you going to do when, things, when bad things happen to you? I mean, if it was me and I got into Joseph's position, you know the first thing I would do? I'd look up for Potiphar. He was probably in the room. He's pretty high up. Then I would go make a visit to his house. And all of you looking like you wouldn't do it. And then when my brothers came, I would give them a piece of my mind. Because that's how sometimes we react. But for 13 years, he's had bad things happen to him. He's had some good and it's went down. Good and went down. Good and went down. But his good situation is bad in our situation. He was a slave and a prisoner and it was good. And here he's brought up and what does Pharaoh say about his character? He lists the same thing that was listed before. What's the first thing that they say? It says that he was discreet. Huh. He was discreet. What's he referring to? The word discreet in this term means understanding of the dreams. He had wisdom, intelligence. But his discreet aspect of him was only given to him by God. So he was discreet. Look at this verse. I think it's verse number 40. Um, verse number 39. It says, and Pharaoh said unto Joseph, for as much as God has showed thee all the, this, there is none so discreet and wise thou art. He's saying there's no one as discreet as you are. Now remember, his resume is, he's a, he's a Hebrew boy by the name of Joseph that came from prison. And he's looking at him and saying, you're a very discreet person. And then it says he's wise. He was discreet by understanding of the dreams. He was wise by planning for the future. Then he does something that's very amazing. 
He gives him five things. And he does this in front of all the, all the people that are in that room so that they will know what it means. And every one of them knows what it means. Go to, keep reading it. It says, And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all of the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand. It, and that's an important part. He did not say, hey, get him a ring. He literally takes his ring off and gives it to him. In biblical times, what would they do when they would send something? They'd put wax on the outside. They'd take that ring. They'd stick it in on that wax. And that wax was a signature of who it was. He's basically saying with that ring, he's basically saying with that ring, he is saying, when you sign this, I'm signing it. He's basically saying that you are family, signifying family, meaning Pharaoh was signing it. He gives him fine linen. This is referring back to giving him all the small amenities, something he hasn't had for 13 years. Probably his most prized possession before that 13 years was a coat. Where did that take him? His brothers took it, put, put blood all over it, and brought it back to his dad. He gives him gold chains signifying that he has wealth. I like this one too. The second chariot. Shows order, but it also shows he gives, he's got transportation because one of the things that he would have to do is we'd have to go and he'd have to make sure everybody's doing their jobs. Because if not, seven years later, Egypt's going to die. Not only Egypt's going to die, Israel's going to die. The world's going to die. And then it says in, in the verse below it, let's, let's keep reading. It says, um, and he took off his ring from his hand and put it upon Joseph's hand and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck. And he made him to ride in the second chariot, chariot which he had. And they cried before him, bow the knee. And he made him ruler over all of the land of Egypt. Now, God knows what he's doing. Because if I were to play this out, I would never have played it out the way that God did to bring Joseph into, into the, the kingdom. He literally brings him out of prison, shaves, cleans up, new clothes, and now he's second in command. Don't you think that's absurd? Only God could do that. There's no way in our mental capacity that we would ever think this was going to play out good for Joseph. But here, he's second in command. Now, it's interesting. The Egyptians always name people. What was um, Daniel's name? Didn't they not name Daniel when they brought him? Okay, and then we know three guys named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Let me tell you this, when you get to heaven, you're never going to meet those guys because that's not really their names. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, those are all the Hebrew names that they had and they switched them over. But he comes up with one that you would love to have as your kindergartner. How would you like that name? Can you imagine trying to spell that as a young child? Zaphnathani. And there's actually a C pronounced at the very end. They all, their words always meant something. This name means two different things. You can break it down into two different things. Treasury of the glorious rest and Savior of the world. Why, why I think that's interesting is because he was the treasury, treasury of the glorious rest. It's showing that he can actually rest in him. 
when you study this whole thing, Pharaoh just said, go do your job. I don't think Pharaoh is really in it at all. In fact, at the very end, when the famine comes in this chapter, they come to him, and I think when you, well, I read a little bit more into it, I think they come in and say, do we have to listen to this little Hebrew boy? And what does he say? He says, listen, whatever Joseph says, you do what Joseph says. He rested in him. And then the next one is Savior of the world. We've talked about this before. What are some things that you could say that Joseph did wrong? I can only think of basically one thing. He told his brothers what was going to happen. You don't tell your older brother that they're going to bow their knee to you. And that's just hindsight. You know, you, you don't, how many of you have an older brother? All right. I have an older brother. That was, you've met him. He was here last week and, and went, or Wednesday. And you know, when I was growing up, he was gone. I can't imagine walking up to him and saying, listen, buddy, one day you're going to bow your knee to me. And I don't think he did it on, I don't think he did it out of disrespect to them. He was just telling, interpreting a dream to them. But here he's the savior of the world. That's what the king, the Pharaoh calls him. And so here's, here's what we've got to realize with this whole aspect of this. That when Joseph is brought in front of him, he has no idea what's about ready to happen. And his world's going to change because God was in it. But there's two aspects we looked at, and I, and I want to see you this. What, what did Joseph see in Joseph's character at the end of the seven good years? I think number one, he saw a young man now... That's 37 years old. Joseph had a job to do. And he did it. We talked about this last time. that they gave, him a, they gave him a chariot. And that chariot would go around. He would go, he would go make sure everybody was doing their own job. You know what he didn't do? He didn't go back to where his family was because he could have done that. But he knew he had seven years to get it done. And he worked hard those seven years. And it saved Egypt. So when Pharaoh's looking at his character and he's looking at his testimony, the first thing is, man, when this guy's got a job, he does it. He sets up all this. Can you? We don't understand the magnitude of what he had to do. He literally had to build barns. He had to go to each city. If you read it, it says that the, the food was brought to each city and left there. So if a community was here, they would take the food and they would find some place to put it and it would be in that city. Why? Because when they had to disperse it later, it would be easier than coming to the main thing and everybody going to that one situation. So here he has a job to do. And secondly, Joseph couldn't dwell on the past. He didn't have enough time to do that. Am I the only woe is me person? You ever been in a woe is me? You know, when it comes to the Winnie the Pooh characters, there's sometimes I think, I am just like Eeyore. Where's my tail? I've lost my tail again. I remember my dad saying, you'd lose your head if it wasn't hooked on. And I, and I, and I, and I look at this, and he had so much negativity in his life, he could have used it against what God had for him. And I've met many people like that. Oh, I would do something, but in my past I did that. That's why Paul wrote, what? Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before. And those verses are not just referring when he... 
you can correct me if I'm wrong with this, but I don't think Paul's just referring to the, the bad stuff that happens in your life. He's also referring to the good stuff because a lot of people will say, oh, I used to do this or I used to do that. It doesn't matter what you used to do. It matters what you do now. And he had seven years. So when you look at Joseph's character, when Pharaoh looked at the end of, the, end of this story, it's actually in this chapter, you'll see when the, when the famine comes, he still trusts Joseph. And we'll end it with this. Do you realize that it took seven good years to understand that Joseph got the dream right? Seven years. About three and a half, I wonder if... Pharaoh thought, you know, we're having a lot of stuff here. And there's Joseph working on everywhere and getting everything compiled and, and, and doing all this, doing all that, and organizing the whole thing. I can't imagine what the organizational skills he had. Very intelligent young man. And it looked good after four years. It looks good after five years. It looked good after six years. And here comes the seventh year. It's like, this is the year it's supposed to happen. All of a sudden, boom, everything's cut off. It took seven years for this man to understand what Joseph said was going to happen. Thank God for Joseph's ability to get the job done and for Joseph to forget the past and work on the present and the future. Because so many times in my life, I try to hold grudges. We've got to quit holding grudges. We've got to understand that God has something for us. Even when we're in prison and we're in our lowest, lowest aspect of our life, all it takes is one phone call and boom. There it is. You're meeting Pharaoh, and Pharaoh's going to put you second in command. But sometimes we never get to Pharaoh because we're still stuck in the dungeon. We're still stuck at Potiphar's house. We're still stuck in the pit where my, where my brother put me. That's not what he did. He, he was so consumed with what he had to do, he had to save the world. goes back to his name. And every time that he looked at him, especially in the famine aspect of it, he knew he got the right guy. God has a job for you. Just got to figure out what it is. Lord, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for the things that you've done for us. I thank you for the aspects of the hard problems that we go through to make us who we need to be. Lord, you know exactly who we need to be when it comes to this part of our life, this point in our life. There's going to be some negativity. There's going to be some things we've had to overcome. But all it takes is one phone call to get us to meet Pharaoh. 